Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. Today's episode is going to be very special because the NBA is upon us. I'm going to be talking about NBA tip-off. So Warriors versus Lakers, Sixers versus Celtics. I'm then going to get into my power rankings, which I know you guys like a lot. A lot of really surprising teams on this one. It was honestly one of the hardest weeks I've ever had to do this. It's just some teams that I'm not fully you know, have all my faith in, but they've got really good records. Other teams, their records maybe don't imply exactly how good they are and how competitive they've been in a lot of these games. Also going to talk about, of course, my best bets of the week. Going to have a few of those for you guys. Um, don't love the betting this week, kind of similar to last week. Not feeling too passionate about any of these, but there are a couple bets that I think, you know, obviously the public's really high on a couple of them, so they're not, you know, any bold predictions or anything here but there's a reason why the public really likes these and i have to agree on some of them other ones i'm actually against the public on we're gonna get to all that in this episode hope you enjoy stay tuned for the rest all right so let's start off Right off the bat with the NBA tip-off, obviously the Warriors played the Lakers on the West Coast, East Coast game. They had the Sixers playing the Celtics, two really entertaining games there. Um, Not so much maybe the the Warriors-Lakers game, kind of went exactly how I thought it would. Nevertheless, I didn't get to watch too much of the Lakers game, so I'll start off right off that at the bat. I really just got to watch like the ending of it. Um, I know LeBron had a really good third quarter. Anthony Davis played solid throughout. But a lot of their problems really showed through in terms of depth. It sounds like they didn't get um, too much help from a lot of their other players. I mean, we already know this. We know the Lakers' problems. We know about Russ's inefficiencies. We know about the lack of depth this team has had and still continues to have. Um, Dennis Schroeder wasn't good to go in this one. That hurts a little bit. But, I mean, it's not like you're expecting Dennis Schroeder to be the difference maker on a contending team, which, of course, we don't expect this team to be. I expect it to be a playing team and just about no better. Um... They're really prone to turnovers in a lot of ways. Uh, We saw that last year. We saw that in this game. They're way too reliant on a healthy Anthony Davis and Braun just, you know, staying healthy, being special, being LeBron James. That is not a sustainable formula for winning in this league, especially when teams are coming out with so much depth now, which we're going to get to in the case of the Warriors. I mean... It's, there's Again, there's not much to say. This is kind of what we expected from this team. Really well-coached team. A lot of players that can make a lot of points quickly. Jordan Poole continued to ascend. I mean, they have guys that are still up and coming in terms of Kayvon Looney, Jonathan Kaminga. Um, I'm assuming we haven't seen the best of Wiseman because he really hasn't been on the court very much. So this is going to be a very, very competitive team this year. Obviously competing for the championship once again as long as they can stay healthy. Um I mean, not too many surprises here. The Lakers aren't a very good basketball team. The Warriors are one of the very best teams in the West. No surprises there. Um, By the way, if the audio is a little messed up, I'm sorry about that. I am on the normal microphone, but I'm in a, we'll call it a different setup. I'll keep it up. (laughs) If you guys actually want to know where I'm recording this, hit me up because it's kind of funny. Um, I'm not going to announce it in this, but yeah, if the audio is a little worse than usual, that's why. Hopefully the background noise isn't too bad. Let's move on to the Sixers versus the Celtics. I was able to watch a little bit more of this game. Um, Maybe, already thinking, I was a little bit too high on the Sixers in my rankings, and maybe I slept on the Celtics a little bit. But, I mean, I had them at 2-3, and so I'm not feeling too bad about it. I'm really not tripping. Uh, It's one game. You can't overreact. But, I mean, the Celtics... 
honestly just looked like exactly where they left off from from last year. Obviously, it came to a you know the ending that most Celtics fans were not helping. Obviously, you want to want to win the championship once you're there. No shit. But I mean, just getting key contributions from a lot of their guys. This is an extremely, um, excuse me, extremely deep team. Obviously, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown leading the way. Each had 35 points, if I'm not mistaken. I believe Tatum had a few more rebounds, a couple more assists. He's, he padded the stat sheet a little bit better. But, I mean, Jalen Brown just continuing to be an amazing. Just, honestly, one of the best duos, if not the best duo in the league already. Like, they're just... They picked up right after the left round. They got key contributions. Um, the new addition, Malcolm Brogdon, he made a lot of big plays in this one. Grant Williams coming off the the bench, excuse me, played really, really well. Um, particularly at the end of the third quarter and in the fourth, the Celtics just really took this game over. Sixers had a really few key turnovers towards the end of this game. Uh, Celtics made the most, played really well in transition off of those turnovers, exactly how they did last year. Um, Tatum and Brown, again, Best duo in the league, arguably. And we pretty much already know what these teams are. I mean, this is very similar to last year. The Sixers are very top-heavy with talent, but when that talent is playing at its best, it's arguably the best starting five in the league. Obviously, that can be heavily debated. Um, But, I mean, James Harden really showed up big in this one. If he can continue to play at that level, this team is going to be really damn good. Joel Embiid didn't really have his best game, but it's not like he was playing badly. And then, of course, we know what the rest of these guys can do. If Matisse Thibel can just improve his three-point shot, this team is going to be extremely dynamic and give a bunch of teams problems because we already know what they can do with Maxi and Harris and Harden and Embiid. Of course, it gets a little weaker after that starting five. They don't quite have the depth of some of these other teams in the East, but I mean... This is still going to be a very competitive basketball team. They kept it really close for three and a half quarters, and I really liked what I saw from both of these teams. I think both of these teams are going to be, well, we'll, we'll say contenders. Up next, before I get into my power rankings, I just want to talk about a few teams really quickly. Um, I want to start, and this is just going to be really quick, I want to start by, with the Patriots. Obviously, the storyline coming out of New England right now is is there a quarterback controversy in New England? Now, I don't really don't have too much of a set opinion about this. Bailey, Bailey Zappi, excuse me, has been playing really, really damn good football. But, I mean, I still think it's Mac's job for the most part. I think once he's healthy, he's going to be the guy doing it. I don't think Bailey's been doing anything in particular that Mac couldn't do. I like his pocket manipulation a lot, but Mac, although not, a, not athletic, he's actually pretty good at that too. I mean, all the reads that Bailey's been making, he's been making a lot of really good plays, don't get me wrong. But they've had a really good scheme up for them. Their running game has been out playing out of this world. Their defense is putting them in favorable positions, taking the ball away from offenses. So Bailey Zappi, although, yes, I'm completely impressed with what I'm seeing, I was a lot higher on him than most. Um, not to toot my own horn, but that is true. And, I mean, I think it's still Mac's job to have. I still think these quarterbacks are pretty similar in terms of their ceilings and their floors. Um Mac, they obviously have a little bit more investment in. This is not a Tom Brady situation. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. That was a very, very different situation at the time. Drew Bledsoe was a losing quarterback when Tom Brady came in and immediately started winning. I would not compare it. It is apples and oranges in that regard, so I would not even look at at it that way. I think this is still Mac's job, but hey, beyond that, the Patriots are getting something rolling there, playing really, really good football, and they might be the hottest team in the league right now. Then let's talk about both New York teams. Again, just covering quickly before I get to my power rankings because I do want to talk about these teams in a little more depth. 
obviously both these teams are playing really, really good football. Um, they're playing some pretty similar styles. They have superstar running backs. And yes, Brees Hall is on his way to superstardom. Really, really solid run games on both sides there. Um, and then really, really good defensive plays. I mean, Brian Dayball obviously coaching it up pretty well on offense for Daniel Jones and those players there. But I mean, both of these defenses in New York are playing really well. They're getting a lot of disruption up front. Robert Sala really has that dialed in. They're doing it in slightly different ways. The Jets have a really good young cornerback duo in DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner. Those dudes are playing really damn well. And the Giants are a little have a little more vested in their defensive line, and they're really just pushing people around at the line of scrimmage. But hey, it's working both ways. Obviously, they're both coming off probably their biggest wins of the seasons. Um, the Jets going to Lambeau and shutting down Green Bay. Um, Zach Wilson really not doing a lot in that game, so that does concern me. I'm still not entirely bought in on this team. As you'll see in my power rankings, I don't even have them um, in my honorable mentions. So spoiler alert, they're not a top 14 team to me, or I guess I think I listed three teams. Maybe they'd be like that 14th team, but point is I'm not completely sold on Zach Wilson. I just thought that was an overall great team win. I like what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. Their special teams obviously stepped up big in that one. And they've got some really creative schemes led by a really good running game. So I really like what they're doing there. And then of course, getting back to the Giants, because we were just talking about the Jets, if that wasn't clear, getting back to the Giants, Daniel Jones is just playing mistake-free football. He is playing better than Zach Wilson is right now. I think that team is... I'm more impressed with what Daniel Jones is doing because, frankly, the Jets have far better weapons on offense. The Jets have legitimately good weapons. Um, the Giants, outside of Saquon Barkley, really do not. So I've been really impressed with what Daniel Jones is doing and how Brian Dayball is just adjusting game plans from week to week. Um, we'll see if he can keep it going because, obviously, first-year head coaches tend to kind of catch lightning in a bottle. We've seen that trend happen a few times. Obviously, Matt Nagy, a recent example of that, which ended terribly. So I'm not saying Brian Dayball is going to be another Matt Nagy situation or anything like that. Sorry if you can hear that car starting. Um, that's like literally right next to me. But I'm just saying, let's hope we can keep it up. Let's hope it's not one of those situations because I've got to say, I'm really happy for both of these teams. New York deserves it. They haven't had good football in goddamn forever. So good for them. Up next, before I get going, actually, you know what? I'm just going to skip right through this because I'm going to talk about this team and my power rankings in a second here. So let's just get right to my power rankings. Um, I guess we can start, let's just go 1 to 10 because it's, I think, it honestly, it gets harder the farther you get down and there's some surprises here. And I'm even surprised myself with how high I have some teams. But look, I have to give them respect. They're winning games. I know it's a little fluky and they probably shouldn't have won some of these, but hey, they won. I got to give them the credit where it's due. At number one, I have the Buffalo Bills. Still the best team in football. They can win in a million different ways. They have pass, up, pass rush up the ass. They go extremely deep. Josh Allen and all those weapons, obviously a problem. Uh, their run game is playing a lot better recently. Obviously, their defense beyond the pass rush is just damn good. Um, they're still going to get some of their secondary pieces back. Kyrie Elam, rookie, playing really well. A couple rookies in that secondary actually playing really well. Really impressive what they've been doing. So, no, no need to overthink it. Buffalo Bills, best team in the league, number one. Number two, Philadelphia Eagles. Again, only undefeated team left. I don't really need a nitpick here. The only nitpick you really have on this team, and this was something that the Bills, you could kind of pick on them for, um, I want to see them pull away from more teams. They're being too competitive with teams that really aren't competitive football teams. Like The Arizona Cardinals kept it close with them. Uh, Dallas made it an interesting game at the end of the, the week last week. Um, so that's really the only nitpick, but I mean, this team is doing it all. Their secondary is playing out of their goddamn minds. James Bradbury, Darius Slay are just playing 
elite football. Cornerback play this year is so good. I don't know if you guys have also had that feeling, but I feel like corners are just playing out of their minds. And rookie corners are coming in and contributing immediately. I mean, Jack Jones, Tariq Woolen, Sauce Gardner, all these dudes are literally emerging as good caliber starters to elite caliber starters immediately. So really impressive there um, as far as James Bradby and Darius Slay go. But obviously, amazing O-line, amazing D-line. They can... Jalen Hurts is a problem with his legs. We already know all the facts about this. This is not any new news or anything like that. We already know about all this. Um, excuse me. I just totally clicked off my notes. At number three, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Still arguably the most creative offense in the league. Mahomes hasn't been playing well in the fourth quarter as of late, but I expect that to change. We saw that last week against the Bills. We've seen that for a couple weeks, honestly, uh, the Raiders game. He's just not playing too great in the fourth quarter. I expect that to change. Um, still a really damn good football team. Can never count them out with Mahomes and this coaching staff. Um, yeah, Chiefs, number three. Have to give them the credit where it's due. Number four. This is where shit gets really tough because I want to put the Baltimore Ravens here, but there's a team that just beat them, so I'm putting the New York football giants at number four. I can't believe I'm fucking saying that. Like, you... I just... Wow. Never would have thought in a million years that five, sorry, six weeks, going on seven weeks into the season, the New York Giants are looking like the fourth best team in football, but hey, their division, I mean, sorry, their record shows it, they're beating really good opponents, it's not even like I can call it fluky, they're winning close games, they're clutching up at the end of games, obviously, I think the Ravens have to blame themselves a lot for that loss, that was, they almost did everything they could to lose that game, I still think the Ravens are a better football team, and realistically they should be at four right here and the Giants should be at five so keep that in mind take this all with a grain of salt but you know what they beat them they're really fucking fun to watch I'm paying my respects to this team and this coaching staff I hope they keep it rolling because it's a really fun young team and a lot of guys are really stepping up big for them obviously they've been missing a lot of their wide receivers they've got guys stepping up like Darius Slayton Richie James uh Daniel Bellinger at tight end just making plays for them week in week out They've got a little bit of a trap game this week in Jacksonville, so if they lose that game, obviously expect them to drop a little. And again, this is fluky. I don't genuinely think they're the fourth best team in the league, but given their resume, I have to show them the respect. Shout out to Vance, my man, giving them their respect. Um, I hope they keep it rolling against Jacksonville. Vegas expects them to to regress a little bit and fall into a trap. I don't know what's going to go on in that game. But right now, in this moment, they're the fourth best team in the league. They just beat the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, if they played again next week, I think the Ravens would win that game. I think the Ravens are still the better team. But I got to give them their respect. Number five, I think this is pretty obvious. Number five, I have the Ravens. Sort of the same situation with Chiefs and Mahomes. Um, Lamar is really not playing well to close out games, and I expect that to change. But until it does, they need to be at this spot at number five. Obviously, they're three and three. Their record is not really indicative of how well they've been playing. They've been up double-digit leads, and I think every single one of their games, I believe they're the only team in the league to do that. And they really just blew a couple games. I mean, <clears throat> Dolphins game, fucking blew it. That would not never happen again. Giants game, fucking blew it. Can't say that would never happen again, but hey. They shot themselves in the foot. That was all they are doing. Um, and then their last loss was the Bills, which, again, they blew. They were up 14-0 in that game. They had that game under a lot of control. Second half came around. Completely different script. So, number five, I have the Ravens. I mean, they have everything you need in the team. I still like their weapons. I would like to see it. I would have loved for them to make, like, a Robbie Anderson-type move, one more move to get one more type guy in there. But, hey, 
Mark Andrews is still there. Um, he's a little beat up right now, but it sounds like he's going to be fine. I'm willing to bet they're going to be fine. Devin Duvernay, um, actually emerging and playing really well. Rashad Bateman doing his thing. But, I mean, beyond that, they don't need elite weapons. This is a good enough team. They miss. They have enough mismatches. Mark Andrews is on the field. They're going to be completely fine. Still have a really good run game. Their secondary has definitely had its problems this year, but it's still a really talented unit, and I have to believe that you know, they're going to bounce back. They're going to play better games than they have in the past. Um, oh, the the Bills. Yeah, that was... Oh, wait, I already said that. That was the last one. Anyways, number six, I have the Dallas Cowboys. I, again, I can't believe I'm saying it. Number six, Dallas Cowboys, seven or six and a half weeks into the season. What the fuck? Like, I, I never would have thought that. But again, like the Giants, and they actually beat the Giants, and they're getting Dak back soon, so you could argue they should be above the Giants in this one. But I mean, this defense and this run game are just playing really damn well. They're doing just enough to win football games. Um, obviously, Cooper Rush first game he really looked like a backup quarterback in that Eagles game last week but the fact that they even were able to come back and make it that close at the end is saying enough like that is extremely impressive stuff I love the way they're calling plays on offense I think Kellen Moore is doing a hell of a job on that side of the ball obviously Dan Quinn is getting a ton of credit um, I'm gonna have to pause this really quick one second guys all right sorry about that guys someone came up and talked to me really quick but I was saying that Kellen Moore is actually calling really good plays on offense. I don't think he's getting enough credit. And I think, obviously, Dan Quinn deserves a ton of credit for dialing this defense up each and every single week. And they are absolutely balling. Micah Parsons leading the way. Obviously, mention him every single week. Love me some Micah Parsons. But they're very top-heavy with talent. Um, if they are healthy and Dan Quinn has this dialed up the way they have been, they're going to be a very competitive team. I just do worry a little bit about their depth. They really can't afford some key injuries. Um, if someone like CeeDee Lamb got injured, if they had a couple injuries along the defensive or offensive line, things could definitely change in Dallas. But right now, they're a really damn good football team. They're getting their starting quarterback back, and I really think that's going to help in a big way. Um, they're playing the Lions this week. I expect them to win. Not that I'm going to make it a best bet or anything, but Dallas really damn good football team at number seven a team that dallas beat earlier this year and i think is definitely ascending and coming into their own starting to click more on offense is the Bengals. um if you don't have joe mixon yet in fantasy go get him his usage has been insane that's neither here nor there the point is beyond that jamar chase is finally showing up he blew up last week and this team is still special their defense is playing out of their minds i don't think people realize that crazy stat that I heard this week. I can't remember where I heard it, but the Bengals haven't allowed a second half touchdown all year. Six weeks of football, they haven't had one singular second half touchdown. That is super impressive. Um, they're just such an underrated unit. I don't think they're getting enough credit because they really are playing really, really well. Um, I think this Bengals team is still going to be special. We still know what they have. They're still the very similar team from last year's Super Bowl team, and they're finally starting to click, so I really like this Bengals team at number seven. At number eight, San Francisco. Here's the thing with San Francisco. I want to have them so much higher, but they just had a really tough loss to the Falcons. Yes, it was 14-0, and you can say they dug themselves in a hole, but it was 14-14, and then you know the rest. They didn't get any points from there, and they're just so beat up. That is really the only reason why they're this far down. I would still have them a lot higher. This I probably have them in the top five range if they were completely healthy and they didn't just get their ass beat by the Falcons, but I mean, the Falcons are a competitive football team. People they're 6-0 against the spread, and I'm riding them again this week. I'm spoiling that already. I like them plus 7.5. Um, anyways, 
Or at least that's when I bought it. I don't know. The line probably shifted from now, but that's when I bought it. If it's six and a half, I don't know about that one as much, but if it's still seven and a half, take that shit all day. Anyways, that's not the point. We're not at best bets yet. The San Francisco 49ers are very beat up right now. I still love their coaching staff. I love a lot of their pieces. Um, they're still a really damn good football team. I love their run game. Um, I love what they do defensively, but they need to get healthy and they're going to go up in these rankings. At number nine, the Vikings. I'm still not entirely sold on this team as contenders, but this defense is playing a lot better recently. Obviously, they've had some easy competition, which is really the biggest knock on them right now, but I still love their new head coach. I still love their weapons, and again, they have really solid talent at key positions. Really good receiver, uh, cornerbacks that are playing a lot better between Cam Dantzler and Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith playing really well. Um, Zadarius Smith is having a really good year. They've got a good offensive line, really good running back, um, a quarterback that can, you know, choke, but he gets the job done. And so for that, those, all those reasons, I have the Vikings at number nine. Number 10, possibly my favorite team in the league right now, the Patriots. Yeah, they're back in the top 10, guys. They barely beat out other teams because I love the way they've been winning. They're pushing people around on both sides of the line of scrimmage. It's a sustainable way of winning. It carries into into December and January when it gets cold. I love what how they've added Devontae Parker into this offense. He's made a lot of really big splash plays. I continue to expect him to do that. I expect him to continue to do that. Sorry. Um, and beyond that, I mean, good pass rush, really, really good corner play. Um Obviously, Bill Belichick-led defense, arguably the, still the best head coach in the league. I love the way they're dialing up plays on offense. For Bailey Zappi, I expect it to continue with Mac Jones. And this run game is looking really damn potent. So, just out, I have... <coughs> Whoa. <coughs> God damn. Hold on. Whew, excuse me. Take a sip of water. God damn choking on my own spit and shit um at just out of the top 10 and honestly the only reason why the chargers weren't my 10 instead of the patriots was because of the head coach brandon staley someone i've been very critical of um, making a lot of really questionable decisions i just think if the patriots played the chargers tomorrow i think the coaching would be the difference and i think the patriots would win that game but chargers would probably be my 11 and then it would be the jets and then tennessee somewhere in that mix i'm not sure exact exactly the order but it's some it'd be those three teams so let's get into the best bets obviously one of my favorite units of these episodes one of your guys favorite units something you really look forward to um so it is at six and a half i just checked the line for the atlanta game i bought it at seven and a half so that's more tempting but i still like it um, I just want to keep riding the Falcons train. They're 6-0 against the spread. They're a really competitive football team. They've got a ton of mismatches on offense, even without Cordell Patterson there. I really like what they've been doing creatively, or excuse me, offensively. It's very creative. Um, Mariota is controlling games, limiting turnovers. Um, yes, Patterson is out in this one. I believe he's still out, but I really like what they're doing with Tyler Algier, with Huntley there. Um, they're getting key contributions from those guys. Kyle Pitts, um, Drake London, just absolute mismatches on the perimeter. Those guys are nearly impossible to stop. Um, and I think they're just going to control the clock in this one. Their defense isn't really blowing me away. AJ Terrell is going to match up against Jamar Chase in this one. That's definitely going to be a matchup to watch. He's not having a great start to his year, but I still really like his talent in this one. I like Atlanta to just control the clock. Um, hopefully limit the big plays on offense for their sake and keep it within six and a half points i'm going to continue riding this train yes it's in cincinnati but this atlanta team is giving teams a lot of problems and i think they're just going to be able to 
control the clock, keep it close, and I think it's going to be a really interesting game. They keep it within six and a half in Cincinnati. Up next, Bears at the Patriots. Again, I bought this one a little better odds. I bought this one at seven and a half in favor of the Patriots. I love Patriots minus seven and a half in this one. I hate to say it, but I mean, it's true. I This team is red hot, as I, I've been talking about all episode. I love what the Patriots are doing. Um, the Bears have been extremely susceptible to the run. Their secondary is actually playing a lot better. Those investments in the draft have paid off. Eddie Jackson bouncing back in a big way this year. Vildor, Kendall Vildor, I believe his first name is, um, actually playing really solid at the other corner spot opposite of Jalen Johnson. Um, Jalen Johnson not having the best start to his year, but he has been beat up. I expect him to play it a little bit better. Point is, the Bears are very susceptible to the run. The Patriots love to run the ball and get play action off of that. I really think they're going to find a lot of success in this game, whether it is Zappy or Mac Jones. It's in Foxborough, which, again, I really don't like for the Bears' sake. And I just think that we just match up terribly against this team. Belichick loves to take away an offense's biggest strength. In this case, it's our run game. If you shut down our run game, you shut down our play action, you shut down our bootleg, our RPO, all that stuff, it's going to be really hard for the Bears to get anything going on offense. I think this game could get really ugly for the Bears really early. I like the Patriots to just pull away, keep a lead with this run game, use Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, if he is good to go in this one, a lot, and just basically just never even give the Bears any hope uh the secondary is too good of the patriots they just they're gonna be able to shut down the bears weapons they're gonna be able to shut down their run game because belichick loves to do that and they can just stack the box and basically put all their corners one-on-one and they're gonna find success because the bears just don't have the weapons to match up with this defense i really like the patriots if you want a little score prediction 24 10 throw it out there why not up next Again, this kind of feels like a cop-out. I'm going with another favorite in this one, but I really don't care. Bucks are going to the Panthers. They are 10.5-point favorites, and I have to believe they're just going to bounce back after that humiliating loss to Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers. The Panthers are just in shambles. They are just a joke offensively outside of Christian McCaffrey. P.J. Walker going to take another start in this one. He looked abysmal against the Rams. It looked like this coaching staff didn't trust him at all. Literally like three-fourths of their fucking plays felt like screens. I don't know if that's actually a stat, but that's what it felt like watching it. And, I mean, this Bucks defense should just feast this game, to be honest. They have the corner depth to line up man-to-man basically every single staff. They're going to do what they love to do in this Todd Bowles defense. They're going to blitz the shit out of P.J. Walker. They're going to get a ton of pressure. They're going to get a ton of sacks. It's going to be a, a shit show. Carolina's not going to be able to run the game, run the ball. Um, I expect the Buccaneers to get some turnovers on defense in this one. I really think this game is going to get ugly. I think they're just going to blitz the house, like I said. DJ Moore is really the only established receiver left, but it really doesn't matter if P.J. Walker is starting and Jamel Dean is playing as well as he is. He's probably going to line up against him. Um, if it's not Jamel, then it's Carlton Davis or one of those other guys that can really step up and play well. Um, again, Tampa needs a win desperately. They meet a Carolina team in absolute shambles. They may be in tank mode already, so I really like the Buccaneers to win big in this one. Love the Buccaneers minus 10.5. I know it's a ton of points and it's a divisional game, and it's kind of a cop-out, but still, I've got to say the GOAT bounces back after a humiliated loss, and Carolina is just, wow, Carolina is looking fucking bad. So, some other ones, I'm not going to say these are best bets. Those are really my three best bets of the week. But some other ones I do like, um, if you want to take them, more than welcome to. I bought some shares of them. I like Kansas City minus two over San Francisco. Again, talked about this a lot. Uh, I think Kansas City can easily win by just one field goal. I don't think that's 
much of a hot take at all. I could see them winning by as much as a touchdown, even more. Um, San Francisco is just so damn beat up right now. Chiefs coming off a loss to the Bills. They're going to want to reestablish themselves. Obviously, Super Bowl rematch. I think that means something to them. Uh, San Francisco, probably without Nick Bosa in this one, missing a few other key contributors on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, to be frank. So, really like Kansas City to cover the two points in that one in San Francisco. I like the under a lot in the Steelers versus the Dolphins. Tua's coming back as a starter in this one. I don't think it makes too much of a difference. I like what Mike Tomlin has going with this team. I think they're going to rally around Mitchell Trubisky being the starter again. Um, and frankly, I don't think either offense is going to be able to get much going. I think Tua's going to have a rough comeback game against the Steelers defense, which is still really damn good. You can't sleep them on. Even with TJ Watt being out, they're still a really damn good unit. Gave Brady a ton of problems last game. Um, I think we see something similar against the Dolphins here in Miami. Uh, 44 and a half just feels like too many points for these offenses that I think are going to have pretty slow days in all in all. So I like the under in that one. Up next, I like the over in the Giants at the Jags. I want to include Giants money line in this one, but Vegas expects them to, to regress in Duval. Um, and I've got to say, they don't match up too well with the Jags, even though I would have said that about the Ravens too. So who fucking knows? Weird league. Um, so take that as you will. I think New York should win this game based off of the resume, but Vegas predicting a trap, and I can see why. Um, obviously expect them to regress eventually. I don't expect them to just keep this going, but wouldn't be surprised if they do end up pulling out this game. But I, either way, I really like the over of 41.5 points. That feels like far too little points for both of these teams that honestly have been playing really well offensively. The Jaguars have been a little fluky at times they played really well in some games looked absolutely abysmal in others like that texans game but i mean all in all i think this game should go over 41 and a half points these teams um can you know scheme up a lot of really creative schemes i like what these coaching staffs do with these young quarterbacks a lot and i think that each team can easily score at least three touchdowns so that would be over 41 and a half points so i really like that over there um okay last bet i know this might sound crazy but give me the Broncos minus one at Denver. I believe it's like 0.5 now, so it's basically a pick em. But their defense is still elite, and I don't have much else to say besides that. I know Russell Wilson's not playing well. Uh, Zach Wilson's really not playing well either. I think it's going to come back down to earth a little bit. I Again, the Jets, one of those teams that, not that they've had fluky wins, but I just think they're going to regress eventually. And I think Zach Wilson really has a rough game in this one. Patrick Sertan still playing really well. I know the Broncos have a lot of key injuries and their defense isn't entirely healthy, but they're still playing really well. I think they're going to find a way to slow down this Jets running game. That's really going to be the key factor in this one. Um, if they can slow down that Jets running game, I think they're going to find a way to just win a really ugly game in Denver. It is at home for them, so I think that helps a little bit. And honestly, this this kind of sounds cheap, but 87% of the money is on the Jets. Uh, Vegas loves to see that. Anytime there's that much in favor of one team, that feels like a perfect trap for Vegas. That's where Vegas makes all their money back. So it's a little bit of a trap game. Take that as you will. Obviously, uh, you have to take that with a grain of salt. That doesn't mean too much, but hey. I feel like it's a trap. I feel like Denver's going to find a way to win this one. And with all that being said, that's going to do it. Sorry about that. I just totally knocked my mic over. But anyways, that's going to do it for me, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to share this with your friends, family, all that good stuff. Follow my Instagram over at Murphy's League. I appreciate each and every single one of you. Have a great rest of your day and good luck this weekend, y'all. Peace out.